You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 51. This is part two of two. So episode 50, we started these conversations with some of my Build Your Funnel Bootcamp students to come on and get coaching about a specific area they're either stuck on, questioning, or wanting to dive deeper into for their own marketing funnel. And again, these are real conversations about real marketing funnel questions. So hold on, my friend, because we are diving back in and I'm sure you'll take even more insights away from part two. Welcome to the Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Hey there, welcome back. I hope you're having, you know, a really great day and a fantastic week. I am so excited to continue what we started in the last episode, episode number 50. And today we have two more really amazing um, students of Build Your Funnel Bootcamp who've come on with some great coaching questions about, you know, taking their um, marketing funnel to the next level. So, you know, it's, it's really fun to have actual conversations. And these are conversations that students have with me via Voxer, which is something they get access to when they buy Build Your Funnel Bootcamp on, um, on our one-on-one call and or on email where people are saying, okay, I have this, now how do I make this work better for me? Because that's always the question, isn't it? Like, how do I take this learning and put it into action for me, for my audience, for my offer, for what I'm doing? And I'm just so thankful to everyone, all three who were on the last episode, Annette, Emily, and Kirsten. And today we're gonna highlight Leslie and Steve, and they all have really different businesses and they all are really expert at what they do. And it's just fantastic to be able to let you sort of eavesdrop on the kinds of conversations that we have. Now, again, I wanna give a shout out to all of these students because it is not easy for, for us to sort of open the kimono, right? And be a little naked in front of everybody and publicly ask questions and be like, okay, how's this going to work for me? How does this work in my audience? You know, and these students, I just have to say they're so brave and I just really appreciate them for bringing their questions out from behind our one-on-one interactions and into the podcast. Now, again, all the students personally get a lot out of these conversations. These are real. These are not things that we made up. They're things that they're actually working on right now today or you know, maybe last week uh, when I recorded this. And I've gotten to know each of these students a bit through our time of them being a student and going through their funnel building. And so I know a bit about their goals and their audience, and I've seen all of their funnel persuasion playbooks, so I know what they're trying to accomplish with their marketing funnel. And you know, the, the advice that I give them is super specific to them. Now, you can take a lot from these questions and from what I tell them, but I do want to say, like, this is not just, you know, broad stroke advice that I would give to every single person. This is specific to them. Another thing is, um, and I should have mentioned it in the last episode, but you'll hear me reference your um, Fascinate or How to Fascinate um 
profile. The reason I do that, and I'll link to it, and I know I've talked about it in previous um, podcast episodes, is because HowToFascinate.com is one of my favorite things to use for finding the right kind of marketing approach for you. I think there's something super powerful about knowing your personal style, your personal skills, you know, what makes you interesting and attractive and irresistible to your audience. Because, you know, as I tell um, everybody who comes on, you're not me. You're not like me. You know, my skills might be really different than your skills. And in fact, everybody that I interviewed, they all have really different skills than me and really different fascinate profiles than me. And if they tried to um, basically just copy my kind of marketing, it wouldn't work for them because it's not theirs. And that's why I ask that question a lot. And, you know, if you've never taken the How to Fascinate quiz, I highly encourage you to do so. It is so powerful to just know, like, wow, these are the traits that I have that make me really um, approachable, really attractive, really irresistible to my audience. So you might hear me reference that a few times, and that's why. is because I always want to anchor my advice and my questions and my um, consult to what works best for you as the person who I'm talking to. And the second thing I want to say is many of these people, they're just like you. They are not marketing experts at all, and they wouldn't say that they were. They're people who are expert in their topic area, and they want to figure out how to get a marketing funnel up and running fast so that they don't have to market themselves all the time. They just want a profitable engine in the background working. And the the final thing that I just want to reiterate is that what they're asking me, these are questions that I hear all the time. And I'm so, so honored and thrilled because most people, they don't want to go public with these questions. They kind of want to show the the after, the ta-da, like look at how fabulous this is. Um, but really the, the value, the meat, the excitement for us as we're, as you and I are going through and learning from others is knowing what are those questions that they're tackling? What are those things that they're figuring out? And are those things that I need to figure out too, right? So again, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who has done this. All right, so now let's switch gears. I want to introduce you to Leslie Evans Thorne. She is the founder and chief freedom officer of youarefree.com. And I'll link to her website and to Steve's website uh, on today's show notes, which you can find at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 51, just the number five one. But she's at youarefree.com. She's built, uh, uh, which is built to help people spring free from work that does not suit them. Having worked 15 years as a New York City executive coach, career coach, and outplacement counselor, Leslie realized that the old models of helping people to find jobs weren't working in today's work world. So she went on to create her own system, the You Are Free system, which is a trademark name, by the way, designed to help others create meaningful work, boost their impact, and their income. Leslie believes each one of us is born with a special set of gifts, talents, and abilities, and our job, quote unquote, 
is to discover how to bring those gifts to the world and make our unique contribution and to be well paid. Hello. Uh, so I'll link off to all of Leslie's places online. And now let's just dive into the interview. Hello, Leslie. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited to be here. Now, just to set the stage. So you are building a quiz funnel, right? I am. Okay. Thanks to you. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about where you are in building this and what questions have come up. Okay. So I've gone through building the quiz. I have my questions. I have my answers. Um, and then uh, I have four categories of what people would fall into as a result of going through this quiz. Okay. And what I discovered when I was right, doing the write-up of, you know, each one of the, I don't like categorizing people, so I don't want to use that word, but what should I use instead? Well, I call them buckets. Buckets. I like bucket. Okay. I've got four buckets. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and that I found that my descriptions, you know, I have like four different, um, aspects of the description. I've got five paragraphs in each, each one of those subheadings. So I've got like 20 paragraphs and I don't want to share that with people up front because nobody's going to read all that. Okay. So after somebody takes your quiz, they go through and they answer all the questions. They can right. land in one of four buckets, right? Right. That's right. And you have created like a mountain of stuff that they could get for each bucket they're in is basically. Exactly. Right. Yes. Okay. So instead I'm very of, good at creating content. <laughs> instead of burying them under your mountain of content, which I'm yes. sure is really good, but you and I know that nobody's going to read like 20 paragraphs of stuff when they've first taken a quiz, right? They I want No. Exactly. I wouldn't need it. They want the down and dirty, like, give me the, give me the meat and potatoes of this. I don't need all the trimmings, right? Right. Okay. So your question is what around that? So my question is for, so my plan is to create a, um, to create a very brief description of who they are, like okay. the bucket that they fall into, mm -hmm. and then um, and then some descriptive words that they can use. I have like five descriptors, and then say if and then I'd like to lead them to if you'd like to learn more about a fuller description, that's where I want them to put the name and email. I think so. That's one of my questions. Okay, so you want to give them their quiz results before they give you their name and email. I want to, I think I want to give them that brief description before they, but I don't know. I'm open to that. That's a question that I have. Where do I ask for their, I definitely want to ask for their name and email before they get, you know, the, the really deep stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm not quite sure about where to ask for it in the beginning. Well, I can tell you what I've seen. So for myself, I ask for it before people get the results because that's the moment that they're kind of most engaged and, and ready to get to that next result. Okay. Um, and the opt-in rates on my quizzes are really high, like very high 80s to very high 90s. I have one of my quiz categories always gets 100%. Wow. Um, and so it doesn't turn people off. They're sort of like right at that moment of curiosity, right? Of like, tell me, tell me what I am. And so it's a great time to get that engagement. Now I have had clients who haven't asked for the opt-in right at that moment. They'll just give them the results and then they'll ask for, you know, do you want these emailed to you? Put your email address in and I'll send them to you. And, um, I've seen varying results, but it's usually between 25 and 50% of people will give you their information. 
Yeah, I'd like 80 to 100. Yeah. <laughs> I, so it's easier for me, too, from a technological standpoint to ask it for it early. But then I don't know how to drip out, you know, they really and, and I and I have it like I have a plan of what I want to give them first and what I want to give them next. I just don't know what to do after. So, OK, they put their name and email in and then they get their results. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then I need to structure. So you and I have talked about how I just want to bring out that one of the things that you teach is that um, email is the glue to the marketing funnel. Yes. Because that's how you continue to have a conversation with people who want to be engaged or might want to be engaged with you. Yeah. And especially, it's really important in a quiz funnel. Uh, I mean, it's important in every funnel, but it's really important in a quiz funnel because they've gone through and they've, you've told them a bit about themselves, right? They've, right. they've, they've decided to go forward because they want to learn about that. And so it's really important to keep that conversation going because they're engaged. It's like, this is a conversation about me. Leslie, tell me more about me <laughs> and about how I can be better at, uh, is yours specifically on career or is it on something else? Yeah, no, it's about, well, that's what I was saying. <laughs> so I've got three different headlines that I'm working, but it's, it's to help people align themselves with the, you know, who are you and are you aligned with the work that you're doing? Okay. Yeah. And so if I had a, like if I was sitting in corporate America or into a corporate job and I was wondering like, why am I so unhappy in my work? Right? Like that's probably one of the reasons somebody would take your quiz or what's the right next step for my career or you know, how can I find more excitement in my career? Right. And so I take this quiz and then I land in one of your buckets and I'm like, oh my gosh, that bucket sounds so much like me. And you've just given me like a little taste, right? This yes. is, this is what you are. This what this is what it means about you. Here's five words that really describe you. That's valuable. Um, so the strength finders quiz, I'm sure you're familiar with the strength finders quiz. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they've built an entire business around, <laughs> around giving people their top five strengths, right? Right. Over 20 million people have taken that test. Wow. And so that is something that's really valuable. And then how you can be different than that is I'm going to take you even further. Let me show you what this means. And so what you need to decide is what is it that you're selling on the back end? Is it a one-on-one -on -one with you? Is it a course? Like, what is it? Right now it's a one-on-one -on -one with me. Okay. So you're wanting to get them on the phone to see yep. if you're a good fit and, um, and ballpark what's like, what's the range of, of investment they would be looking at. Um, so it's a three or six month program. Okay. Okay. So so they're, they're looking to commit for a time period with you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so they're going to want to know, are we a match? And so one of the biggest gifts you can give them is to keep having that conversation about them and like, I get you, I understand you, and I can get you the results that you're looking for. Now, I know you've done your funnel persuasion playbook and you know the different results. We're not going to give all that away because clearly that's a part of your um, competitive advantage. But as you're, you know, if we just want to think about one thing, so what's one belief that somebody could have in one of your buckets? So just think of one person taking this and they land in one bucket, let's call it bucket A. And so they're in bucket A and the conversation that you want to have with them is around, 
Um, I don't know if you want to have one specific idea, like, is it job change? Is it getting more credibility? Like, um, what is it that they would be wanting to find out more about? Well, I find that a lot of people, um, slot themselves into positions, right, that may or may not fit for them. And so what I help people do is really create work and shape it around their talents and strengths. Okay. And so you're going to help them really figure what those talents and strengths are. Exactly. Outside of a job description. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, congratulations, Michelle, you're bucket A. Here's what this means about you. And you give me, you know, my five words or whatever you give me, right? So that's mm -hmm. email number one. Then what's the next, as you, as you think about kind of laying out that email glue for your funnel, right? what, what do you want to do for setting the stage? So, um, you know, one of the things that you might want to do is people like us or people like you um, or, you know, people who are bucket A people are like this. Um, another thing that you could do is build excitement. Like, um, you know, what's possible once you match up work that you do professionally with your top strengths? Like, what's possible? So that's a different, th those are different kinds of emails. And um, since I don't know what, what the quiz is and what you're trying to, to do on the back end, it's hard for me to know which way, but. Well, I can tell you a little bit. There are a couple of things that I can tell you, which is, you know, I've got the, sh I can do the short description, but I have a large description. And then I go into like, what is your superpower? Mm. Um, and I'm, you know, that's like your special talent. And then I, so I describe the superpower and why it matters. And then I explain how you can use that superpower at work to provide value and make an impact. Okay. So, so email too could be all about your superpower, right? Yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And basically, and then you end that email basically saying, let me, you know, stay tuned in the next email where I'm going to show you what it looks like or what it means or how it can, um, how a client of mine or however you want to phrase that, like, let me show you how the superpower being put to good use can actually, I don't know, make you more money, make you happier, you know, whatever the outcome is that you're wanting people to do. And it's probably different depending on which bucket they're in. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's superpower is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and how that kind of comes about professionally would be different, but yeah, let me show you how the superpower can really come out in you. And this is where you're kind of making the making the switch from setting the stage to getting them ready to get on the phone with you. Uh-huh. So you can offer to get on the phone with you in that first email where you're telling them who they are. You want to know how to make, you know, this work really well for you. Just click here to schedule a what's your what's your one-on-one uh, discovery call called a discovery call or something else. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I do a strategy, a strategy. call. Yeah. yeah. Career strategy call or whatever, uh, or superpower strategy call. I don't know. Yeah. That's good. I like that. <laughs> um, so you can offer that in email one. You can definitely offer it as your, uh, as people are opting in, like it can be below, uh, when they get their their information on their page. So they put in their name and email address. It takes them to a page. 
uh, called a thank you page or a landing page, how, whatever you want to call it. And there you could have your information. And I know you've seen this from my examples that I've given you. And then just below that, you can have an offer to get on the phone with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, only probably about 15% of people will take you up on that right away. The rest of them are going to need this glue of this email, right? And right. so you're going to want to keep putting this back in front of them a few times. You can put it in front of them on the PS for emails one and two. Mm -hmm. um, but you're going to want to just keep like reiterating, hey, the best way to, to get the most out of this quiz is to get on the phone with me and to talk about how this you know, can be put to use in your career. So in the email sequence um, that we've seen, there's, there's an email in there somewhere sort of telling them about me or a story about me that relates to them. Where does that email go in this? Is, does the email at all go in this? Floor? I don't think that email needs to go in this ah, because you've done a quiz funnel. So right. You've already determined which bucket they're in and which conversation you want to have with them. That's the power sure. of a quiz funnel right? True. Yeah. Is that they've already told you, this is the conversation I'm looking to have. And okay. so it can be a lot less about you and it can yep. be a lot more on the impact of your work on people like them or on how it could impact them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in bucket a, you know, you give them superpower a, and let's say that you have, cause I know you have like a bajillion happy clients that you've worked with over the years, right? Yes. So you pull out, you know, two or three stories and you use those stories and you're priming the offer. You use those examples. You don't tell them, you know, step by step, like these are the things that we did over our six month engagement. But you talk about, you know, my, my client Cliff was in the exact same position. It was the, had the same superpower as you. Let me tell you a little bit about what it was like for Cliff before he started working with me. And now, you know, two years later, not only does he know his superpower, not only has he found the right kind of work for him, you know, for his superpower and for what he does best, he's making more money, you know, whatever it is, like give the outcomes. And then you could have just like a little testimonial from Cliff, you know, this is completely made up, right? Obviously. <laughs> but you could talk about the impact of the work on you. And that st starts to prime the offer of like, oh my gosh, like I might not do the exact same work as Cliff, but he has the same superpower as me. You've helped him figure out how to use that professionally. He's now happier, making more money, you know, whatever it is, doing work that he actually loves on a team that loves him versus having to go in every day and try to say, I am valuable and here's why, right? <laughs> Um, and so I think that's, how you, yeah, exactly. And I think that's how you start priming that offer is um, using the work that you've done with people. Yeah. And now some of your people, you might be able to call out by name. Some, you might just have to describe a general situation that you see in this kind of thing, because you don't have permission to share somebody's specific story. And either, either way is okay. I mean, it's better if you can talk about a specific person, um, just because it's more relatable. But if you can say, look, I had this client who was working in high tech, went in day after day with great ideas, but really couldn't get anybody to pay attention. This client came to me and said, like, I feel like I could have so much more impact. How, 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 <laughs> like, how can I package up everything I have and get people to actually take me seriously or pay attention to me? Right. Mm -hmm. So you can take those client stories and 
make them a little more generic if you don't have people's permission to share. Uh, but if you do have their permission, boy, is that, that is really powerful. Well, how do you feel about um, changing the name? That's I have fine. some clients who, yeah, who, who don't have a problem with me telling the story. They just don't want their name being yeah, used. That's fine. Yeah. And, and, you can, and you can say, you know, let me tell you a story about a client who will call Sue. Right. Um, and, and you can say, this is a real client, but she wants, you know, to remain anonymous. <laughs> so we'll call her Sue or whatever. Right. And then just tell her story because it's more about the journey that you took these people on yep. versus, you know, I'm going to go find Sue on LinkedIn. Right. 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 And, and so what you really want to do is you're priming that offer is use that framework of pain agitate that pain. So what's the pain that they're in? So it's called PaySob. I know you know this because you've been through the training, but right. for those who are listening, PaySob is a, is a well-known copywriting technique that you'll see a lot of people use, especially in marketing funnel emails. And what it stands for is the first P is pain. So identifying that pain that would hook somebody in. And the beautiful thing, why I love quiz funnel so much is that you know what their pain is. You do not have to guess. They have raised their hand and said, this bucket is me. And you know, in that bucket, the pain that they're, you know, struggling with. And I don't want you to give away your stuff. So I'll just come up with it here is like, um, having too many ideas that nobody takes seriously. Right. So that's one of their pains. Um, and so you identify that and you say, look, I worked with Cliff. Cliff had the same thing. Let me tell you about what life was like before we worked together. And then let me tell you what it's like afterwards. So that's pain. We're going to agitate that pain with a specific scenario. Like what was that aha moment that made Cliff pick up the phone or email you and say, look, I want to have a discovery call. And then you want um, to, to talk about the solution, right? Talk about here's what life is like afterwards, after we've worked together, but you're not going to give the 85 different things that you did <laughs> with him, right? right? You're just going to talk about, here's the transformation that he got. And then you're going to give them an opportunity. That opportunity is to get on the phone with you to talk about how this could work for them. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to open up the next pain. This is why that's what that last P is for. And that next pain is opening up the next email and just saying, you know, stay tuned where I tell you the story about Sue in our, in my next email, um, who, you know, I don't know, since I'm, since I'm not looking at your funnel persuasion playbook, I don't know all the pains that you're dealing with, but you know, Sue has another kind of related, but slightly different than Cliff. Yeah. A lot of my clients, they feel, they feel like they're just not living up to their potential. Like they know they have tremendous talent, but they're just totally misaligned and they're not able to use it. So they're performing in a mediocre way just because they don't have the chance to shine. Right. And so that could be because they don't know how to influence people. It could mm -hmm. be that they, you know, um, have too many ideas and not enough follow through. Like it could be for a lot of, a lot of reasons. Right. Right. And so you would just open up that next pane and just say, you know, stay tuned in my next email where I talk about Sue who went from not being able to get anybody to pay attention to her idea to, you know, winning a huge award at work when she learned this one little thing tip or something. And so you just take them through and you give little nuggets. So you take your 20 paragraphs and you see what are the little nuggets that I want to give? And you just drip them through all of these emails. 
And the reason you do that is because you want people to be able to internalize this. And we internalize it so much better when we're actually listening to a story or reading a story where we can see ourselves in that situation instead of some sort of, I don't know, generic example where it's hard to emotionally connect to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's, a, you just gave me a huge breakthrough or a huge aha moment because um, what my plan before I got on the phone with you today was just to sort of take that larger description and kind of break it down into three or four emails, but it, it was very generic. But the idea of picking like three of the most important aspects of this bucket or this type of person in a bucket and then telling a story about that, that is so much more impactful. That and would I be huge instead of just saying, yeah, of, of I do course. too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I so I, can I ask a question about yeah. in, term, in terms of setting this up? So the question that I have is, how do you, like you talk about creating curiosity gaps. So you could say, stay tuned until tomorrow where I'm going to share this with you. Do people get upset when you do that? Like when you don't give them every, like where is the line between exciting them and then making them feel like they're just being teased? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, so what you don't want to do is, keep teasing email after email after email with never closing the loop. So what you want to do, like in that email that we just talked about is you talk about one specific pain. You talk about a story where you're giving little clues about what's happening and then you close it. You say, you know, um, Cliff, Cliff was able to find a job better suited to his needs once he discovered how to tell his career story right? I love this. It's so good. <laughs> so yeah. So you've closed it. So it's like a yeah. sandwich, right? Right. So they got the end of Cliff's story. Yes. And now you're going to open Sue's story. So it's the okay. next chapter in the next book. Okay. And so what would make people angry is if you never close that story, if it's always just kind of dangling and they're like, well, what happened with Cliff? Like, why are we going <laughs> on to Sue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> But if yeah. you close it up in a way that's not like, again, you don't need to reveal 85 steps of things that you did. You don't need to talk about all that. You just need to give one little nugget. He learned how to tell his career story in a way that showcased his value. You mm -hmm. know, she learned how to uh, find out, Sue learned how to find out you know, what decision makers really cared about and was able to position her ideas in that way. You know, whatever it is, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up for yours because I don't want to give away exactly what you're doing. But, um, but as long as you close that before you open the next curiosity gap, people will stay engaged. All right. Thank you, Leslie, for, you know, sharing your questions and all that stuff. And again, I'll link up to Leslie and Steve's um, sites on today's show notes, which you can find at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 51 or 51. Okay, so now let's switch gears. So our last student who was brave and came on is Steve Sponseller. So Steve is an intellectual property attorney. I mean, he is so good at what he does. And he's also an innovative strategist who's helped more than a thousand innovators and business leaders develop and protect their intellectual property, their ideas, their, you know, things that they've developed. And Steve is um, putting together a really amazing course to help, 
you know, entrepreneurs like you and I easily figure out how to protect our intellectual property, you know, stuff like podcasts, blog posts, you know, courses, um, you know, just anything that you put together. So he's got a really, really great business and um, he's working on his first webinar for this new offer. And so that's what we're going to be diving into today. So let's dive into this interview. All right, Steve, welcome. Hey, Michelle. Hello. Okay, so today we are talking about the content areas that you're going to cover in your upcoming webinar. Mm -hmm. So um, I know you've done your Funnel Persuasion Playbook, so I have that in front of me. Do you want to take me through kind of what you're thinking your webinar is going to be about just at a high level? Yeah, at a high level, it's going to be for people who maybe don't know very much about intellectual property or heard a few things here and there, or some of them may not even realize they have it. So it's going to be the basics of intellectual property, kind of what it is and uh, <clears throat> how most businesses already have some. And then kind of easy steps you can take and things you can do just in your day-to-day -day business to protect it and why it's important to protect it. And then at the end of the webinar, then going on to a more detailed uh, workshop offering. Okay, perfect. And so coming into this, you have people who, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that most of them are going to be online business owners, but is that your only market? Well, it depends how you define business owner. Um, it, it can be entrepreneurs. I mean, solo business people, um, authors, speakers, and a lot of coaches and consultants. Uh, okay. a, lot of, a lot of they create some of their own systems and things, and that's their, can be their unique intellectual property. Okay. So somebody who's creating something and kind yes. of they can decide how they want to have their business. So that's good. So we have people who have invested a lot of time into becoming experts in what they offer. They might not have attached that time and that work and that effort to the words intellectual property. And so part of what you need to do is hook them in and let them know you do have intellectual property, even if you don't, even if you're not a giant corporation. Yeah. Or, or you're not a tech company. So many people think it's just the Intel's and Microsoft's and those kind of people that have the inventions, but intellectual property is a lot broader than that. So it's teaching that, that basic piece. Yeah. Okay. All right. So coming, so their current beliefs, so they're thinking my business doesn't have IP, intellectual property. Intellectual property is just for tech companies. Like you just said, I can't afford an expensive intellectual property attorney. So mm -hmm. maybe they've kind of ignored this because they think, oh, that's just a cost I can't take on right now. Yeah, the, the cost, I mean, there's, believe it or not, there's some people out there who just don't like attorneys. And <laughs> um, <laughs> not that I've ever experienced that. Yes. Uh, and some of them just, just kind of confused by the whole process. Like, do I need to start with an attorney? Do I do it on myself? But they're kind of confused where to start. And because of that, they're worried that they might get overcharged or they go to an attorney too early and, it, and they get a really big invoice they weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah, like asking the wrong questions or asking, yeah. Um, and then that intellectual property is too complex or time consuming. Mm -hmm. And what, so I see that you have one highlighted here, someone stealing their intellectual property. Is that something that they currently believe or is that a new belief that you wanna help them see is a potential? But, I get asked questions about that. So there's some people that, that see it because they, you know, somebody writes an article or they create a, you know, a new template or something like that. 
and then all of a sudden they see it on somebody else's website without any credit given to the person who created it. And I've even had situations where somebody's business partner takes off and oh. takes all the stuff they created and started a competing business. So it's, <clears throat> it's a problem and some people worry about it and some, some of the answers out there are just, well, that's the way it is on the internet. So get used to it. And I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can help them with how to do that. Okay. So, so coming into this, you've kind of got two, maybe three buckets of people. So you have somebody who um, maybe has heard about intellectual property or has heard about people stealing content, but they're not even sure how that could apply to them. You have people who maybe think that they're not big enough and you have people who feel like this is too complex or too expensive. So I'm just going to ignore it and hope for the best. Is that kind of fair? Yeah, that's a, a fair breakdown. Okay. And so we need to make sure that we have content that really speaks to all three of those. And at the end, what's the thing that you want all of those people to, uh, what is it that you need them to believe in order to be ready for your offer that goes a little bit further in this? They have to believe that a lot of the steps you take to protect your intellectual property, they can do themselves. It's not as difficult as, as they might think. And it's things they can do just part of their everyday business activities. Okay. And then knowing when you get to a point where yeah, you really ought to talk with an attorney because this is getting into some more serious legal issues. Okay. Um, so, so what we really need to know, what we really need them to believe is with the right tools, templates, and guidance, I can absolutely take care of, most of my day-to-day -day stuff myself. Yes, and make a big step forward for at least from where they're at now. It may not be 100% protection, but it's a lot better than zero. Okay, step forward. I'm just writing down some notes. Um, okay, so, so in order to do that, because we, so we have the people who feel like, mm, I'm not even sure if I have intellectual property. So you need to, you need to help them see they do have intellectual property. So that's probably one content area, right? Yes. Uh, so, you know, um, yes, <laughs> yes, you do have IP. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe just even some examples of, um, of, of things that, that people might not even think about, like blog posts or podcasts or um, speeches or, you know, whatever, how everything, this is your area, not my area. But, <laughs> yes. you know, just helping them say, you know, who here has a blog pack? Who here has a blog? Who here, you know, creates audio content or video content? Who here has, you know, a Facebook group or what, you know, I don't know all the things that fall into it, but um, it's, it's really getting them to identify, yeah, I actually do have intellectual property. And, and so that kind of tackles both the, I don't have any IP and this is just for big, big techie companies that are inventing new things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of moving into this next step in their journey of, um, it's too complex. Um, like first, first of all, what's at stake? 
Like what can happen if you don't protect it? Um, I, I feel is kind of one that you need to set the stage with is like, so what happens? So you have all this stuff that you've done out there. This is all your intellectual property. What happens if somebody just comes along and swipes it? How are you protected? I, I feel like you need to open that up so that people are, are invested in, I have, I have stuff, <laughs> I have stuff that people could steal and I don't want them to steal it and pretend to be me. Mm-hmm. And you know, what does that even look like? What, like, what, what could people potentially do with this? And so, you know, you could talk about quickly, just talk about, you know, swiping your entire blog, um, swiping your entire course, like the different things that could happen and how that um, can damage your reputation, how it can confuse your audience, you know, and how it can impact you financially. Like people are buying that one instead of yours. Yeah. You've, made it easier, easy for somebody to compete with you because they just take your stuff and they didn't have to go through the, all the effort and time to create it. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, just, just talking about, and, and I don't know, I mean, you're an attorney, so you know these things. I, I don't know, you know, if you can talk about any um, examples that are well known out there or any examples that you've seen uh, in work that you've done. But I, I wouldn't spend a ton of time here, but I would probably spend, you know, five or six minutes really, really setting the stakes for like, how would you feel if somebody swiped all your blog posts and, mm-hmm. and you know, they were parading around as you. Um, maybe just changing the names and the dates, but it's all your stuff. Um, so that people are like, oh my gosh, there's, there's actually potential for this. And then you know the next question they have is, oh my gosh, now I'm getting into overwhelmed territory because I don't even know what to do. Like, what's the next step? And so that's opening up the conversation of, well, now you have two choices. Like, you can hire an attorney or you can, um, you know, take, take, some really simple steps and maybe you give one of those steps because I know you have your really great opt-in that goes through three things that you can do and you can say like, look, this is just the start. Um, and, and maybe you just, you know, highlight one of those and go slightly deeper on it. And then you can say, I have an entire offer that gives you the tools, the templates, you know, whatever to, to make this easy. You know, if you spend 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day, how, how, how much time would you give them guidance to spend on this? Well, the way I'm laying out the, this program is be about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling people three or four hours per week mm-hmm. to a little bit of that studying. And then part of it's going and implementing it in their business with their content. Yeah. And then once it's implemented, then it's just a matter of continuing that implementation, right? So it's pretty simple. Yeah. You know what to put on your blog posts. You know what to put on your opt-ins, all that just, stuff. Just some simple habits that yeah will become automatic. Yeah. And so you're laying out, okay, you do have intellectual property. Here's, here's what could happen if you don't protect yourself. And not scaring them so much, but just, you know, being like, this is actually stuff that happens every day. And then giving them, you know, here's one small thing that you could do right now. 
Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, however many more things that are really important that you start implementing in your business day in and day out. And, you know, you could hire an attorney at, you know, whatever, $400, $500 an hour, or you could have this offer where I give you the tools and templates and the training to really, you know, in, in maybe 30 minutes a day over the next six weeks, you can make huge strides in protecting your business. And then these just become habits and a part of your business that you're able to, you know, really take huge steps forward in, in protecting yourself. Does that sound like something that's, that would speak to your offer in your audience? I think so. There's just one additional category in there as far as their choices. They can hire an attorney or there's more using my training, my workshop. But the other thing that a lot of people do and they get misled is going onto the internet and, or taking advice from non-lawyers from whatever their favorite Facebook group is. There's, I I see a lot of that. And sometimes I comment on them and sometimes I just have to close my browser and forget about it <laughs> because <clears throat> there's a lot of wannabe lawyers out there or, or they hear something and these myths kind of get perpetuated and they're incorrect from a legal standpoint. Ooh, what kind of, how many myths do you think you could easily identify from that? Probably a, a dozen pretty quickly. Oh my gosh, Steve, that might be instead of giving them one tip that they could do, that might be something is just like choose, a, I don't know, 12 or maybe just the top five myths that you've seen out there. And what's at stake if you do that? Yeah. Okay. Because you know what, now that you say that, oh my gosh, I can't even, whenever I see these legal things pop up, I'm always like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not <laughs> commenting. I always say like, you should check with an actual attorney. Yes. Um, but it would be like, you know, why can't I just go swipe a privacy policy from, you know, Google Docs on the internet? Why can't I just do these things? Um, it would be really interesting if you were to target a few of those myths that are maybe running around in people's heads and just like, what's at stake if you do this? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, although I would, I don't think I'd do all 12 because that could be a whole webinar in itself. No, but I, I could see where there's <clears throat> going to be at least a dozen of them identified kind of throughout the course or throughout yeah. the program. And then I could say, here's, <laughs> here are the two or three that I seem to see on almost a daily basis on somewhere on the internet. I love that. And then you know what? So if you do the top two or three, let's say the top three, just for numbers that we see all the time, you could use some of the other ones in your follow-up email series to this email, to this webinar. Oh yeah. Um, Like you could say like, here's the dirty dozen (laughs) or something (laughs) like that of what you see out there and, you know, just continue to um, drive home the point that there, there's stuff at stake and you can't just go swipe other people's stuff either. Right. That's yeah. That's part of the, the whole intellectual property. I'm talking about both sides of it. Here's what you do to protect yourself. And here's how you don't infringe other people's rights and stay out of trouble and practice what you're preaching or what you're doing. Yeah. Or what you hope people would do for you. Like, exactly. <laughs> don't be a swiper and then not want people to <laughs> swipe your stuff. Exactly. Oh yeah. I like that. I actually, I really like that. So just to recap, so we have 
um, you know, getting them settled into, I do have stuff at stake. And then um, showcasing some, like, when things go wrong. And then, um, like, mistakes they could make, right? (laughs) Of Mm -hmm. swiping other people's stuff or using free templates out there that aren't actually attorney approved. Um, and then just going into bridging into your offer. So as you bridge into it, one of the things that I really, um, would urge you to go back to yourself is say, you know, am I bridging into, am I bridging into this in a way that shows them that I have easy steps to, that they can take to protect their IP? Like, am I making this simple for them? Um, because if that's one of the things that they really need to believe in order to be ready to buy your, your offer, um, just keep that front and center as you're, as you're going from sort of the content delivery into the offer is, am I showcasing, am I proving, am I, you know, going through how this will make it easier for them and keep them safe. And like, so you're closing all those things that you opened up with your content the fear of people swiping their stuff, the fear that they're swiping other people's stuff and might get sued, you know, all that stuff. Okay, good. Okay, so you feel like that gives you kind of the the next step forward? Yeah, it gives me a kind of an outline and a map to just fill in the pieces. It's good. Great. Thank you so much, Steve, for all of this. And Really, again, to all of the students who were willing to come on both in episode 50 and in 51 to share your questions and, you know, be vulnerable to everybody. So a question for you, you know, as you were listening to each of these people asking questions and diving into their funnels, did you want to experience some of this for yourself? And do you want to figure out how to create a profitable marketing funnel that brings in clients and sales to your business automatically. If so, I want to invite you to jump on over to today's show notes, which are at themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 51 and take the marketing funnel quiz. You'll discover your perfect marketing funnel with just a few simple questions. And I'll even give you free training plus some stories on how to get your funnel up and running fast so that you know how to make this work for you and your business. All right, I hope that you've really enjoyed uh, hearing from these students and have a few nuggets that you can take away and use for yourself. And I hope that you have an amazing week. I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place, for another great episode of The Marketing Funnel Show. See you then. 